Rats, rats eat eggs. Hello, everybody. This podcast is Lava. My name is James Font. With me, as usual, Sam Shoemaker. And then we have, here in the middle, if you're watching the YouTube vis- yeah. version, we have CJ. Hi, guys. So right off the top, if you want a sticker, we have stickers. Get some merch from us. They're, they're high-quality, three-inch stickers. Yeah. Uh, be sure to pick one up. Message us on Facebook, Instagram, or email us. This podcast is lava at gmail.com. So today's episode is another, it's the third of our of our trifecta of myths and legends. We'll get to it. It's fine. Yeah. You have coasters. We have coasters we have as coasters. well. Coasters. So pick pick up pick up your merch. Sorry, interrupted you. Continue. Yep. So this is probably the last myths and legends we'll ever do. No, not really. It's just why not. But, well, this is the end of a series, and if we decide we want to pick it back up, we'll so, pick it back up. So today's myths and legends. Come all the way from Alaska. The Yukon. So where, what is, I will ask the question, what does Alaska mean, the word? Well, James, um, Alaska is a alouette or alouette uh, word. That, that's, that, that's like a, um, a native word because there's a population of natives that live up there, usually referred to as Eskimos, but that's kind of generic. Um, it just, it basically means the great land or the mainland kind of like Maine, but the different completely different culture and terminology that was being used. So just now, how much do we did? I don't know how much research you got. How much do we buy Alaska for? $7.2 million. Uh, the looming U S civil war delayed the sale, but after the war, secretary of state, William Seward Seward quickly took up a renewed Russian offer. And on March 30th, 1867 agreed to the, for the to proposal, whatever they bought it. $7.2 million. No, wait, when I didn't hear the date. I'm sorry. Uh, 1867. Do the conversion on that. 7.2 million converts to 124.9. That's still super cheap for a whole state. Right. Yeah. And it is one of the largest states as well, I think. Landmass wise. Yeah, yeah. That, but I think it's, it's Texas, it takes I think it's Texas up, and Alaska. Yep. Yeah. Well, because, te- wait, Texas and then, wait, what? Texas is the largest, I and I think Alaska is second. No? Alaska is way bigger than Texas. Yes. Because really? I, I know this fact because one of my friends, 12-year-old siblings, told me You can fit like three Texas. All, all of the United States can fit inside of Alaska. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, that's, oh, that's, that's, that's from a... Uh, that's, that's My trippy. source was a, was a 12-year-old child. So, who knows? Well, I don't know if that's true, but Alaska is the largest, then Texas, then California. So Yes, it is. Well, that's a, that's a lot of miles. So, it's th- 663,300 square miles. Yeah, that's... It's significant because it also has a chain of islands, which yeah. is not, not something you typically think of, but that whole like hook that comes off the end, there's a lot of islands that dot that area. And you don't think of islands as tropical, and I don't think Alaska islands are very tropical. No, no but no. It, is, it is not necessarily like snowy tundra, because that's northern Alaska. Southern Alaska actually we does experience yeah. more like moderate weather. It's not as severe, but as you go towards Canada, and we'll get into this with some of like the myths and legends and some of what... What happens is it gets into what's known as the Yukon. The Yukon is the Canadian side, and there's really severe winter weather, and people oftentimes, especially during the gold rush, would venture off into the snow and never come back and get eaten by wolves for all we know. You just you don't know. Wilderness up there. Yes, though the southern islands off of Alaska are a very great place to go bird watch. I'll keep that in I mind heard, when I, I retire. Heard, I heard Bert watching, and I'm just Bert imagining watching. Bert and Ernie. Bert, but where's Bert Ernie? Ernie. <laughs> <laughs> we all know where Ernie was. 
in Vietnam, colorized. Up his butt? <laughs> yes. Nice. Anyway, Sam, so what are some myths yeah. and legends from Alaska? Well, well, first Alaska. up. Um, Alaska. The first one, and maybe there's a, probably a couple more that involve uh, Inuit. I think it's Inuit uh, wording. Okay. Which is like native wording, and okay. I'm going to butcher it. So I apologize right. in advance to everyone. All right. Um, but right up front, we have the Kualupalik. Right. And sounds, sounds good to my American ears. Yeah, yeah. Kualupalik uh, is a Dorothy creature Amy. of Inuit legend. Ooh. And uh, essentially, it is a human-like creature with a green skin, long hair, and very long fingernails. <laughs> it comes in at night and it's tickles like my you. It's like Aunt Gertrude. <laughs> <laughs> it just comes in at night and just scratches yeah. on chalkboards. <laughs> Yes, Breaks that's, the fingernails off. that's great for an audio podcast. <laughs> Go right back. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, according to the legend, she lives in the sea and hums to entice local children to her uh, embrace. She wears a, a um, what's the word for it? Amautic, um, which is essentially a, a native's like coat, one of their heavy fur coats. That has like a built-in baby carrying harness in the back. It has a built-in baby. <laughs> built-in baby. Well, carrying carrying compartment. Well, so here's how the legend goes, right? So you have this this humming green monster in the in the sea, and like here little children, here little children, and then uh, how would that lure children or anybody? I don't know, but what would happen is in a Inuit village if the children were misbehaving or if they were. You know, oh, so it's a boogeyman. Know, it's a boogeyman. Yeah. So they'd be like, oh, if you don't go to bed, then the Kualupalik is going to eat you. But not really. What actually the legend was saying is it would lure the children to the ocean's edge, and then it would scoop them up, put them in their baby-carrying thing, and then take them to the bottom of the sea and raise them as their own. Which okay. isn't terribly scary. It's not like it's going to eat them or rip them to pieces. No, but no it's just going to drown them and then yeah. put something inside of them that makes them breathe underwater. Yeah, apparently. So yeah. that's the Kualupalik. He's sick. I want to do that. that, yeah. that all I'm thinking, the whole time you're telling this story, all I'm thinking is, wow, the Alaska, the first Alaskan myth is just this crazy green monster who's a pedophile. <laughs> oh, great. Yeah. Well, when I first started, when I first Epstein. started like looking into it, I was thinking that um, that it was going to. There's a lot of instances where they where people report a a terrifying monster that they see, something that's like a blue creature or a green creature, and it's usually a person who just has some sort of skin disorder or deformity that makes them look unusual. And then like, was if, it, if was you it, see them at night, you're like, oh my gosh, what the heck is that? Is it Pennsylvania? I can't remember which myths and legend, but the guy who would go out at night. That was, that was Pennsylvania. Yeah. It was just a guy that had a deformity and he went out at night. So as not to scare people. And yet they still saw him and create a, a legend about him being like this terrible monster. And that's so sad. So he, the boogeyman is is not just a deformed thing. It's more of just a bedtime story yeah. told by the mothers and fathers to scare their children into sleeping. Um, but have you guys ever heard of the Northern Lights? I fancy I have. I, I'm I'm surprised that you guys know what those are because they're such a like a. A they're rare such a thing. niche thing. It's yeah. definitely not like it's very hundreds and hundreds of thousands of millions of pictures of them. It's no. very hipster to know about yes. Aurora Borealis. I I knew Ooh. I knew about uh, I knew about Aurora Borealis before, before it was a thing. Before it was a thing. Yeah. Before that, the magnetic fields of Earth caused um, 
excuse me, same as the real hipster, he's wearing the flannel. That's right. Yes, I was wearing one all day and today. And he has the most facial hair. Right he now. does have the most facial hair. No Shave November does not work on me. Cause or me. I guess I just don't have the genes for big, great big bushy beards, you know. Yeah. Anyways, tell, us about the Nor- fuzz. Um, <laughs> tell us about the Northern Lights, Sam. All right, so in today's in today's culture, though, we're we're pretty familiar with the the Northern Lights. With the Northern and we're, Lights, we're yeah. actually familiar with the science behind it. Okay. Um. So we what, also know that the Earth is round. Yeah, we know the Earth is round. It's not flat. Um. And so, what we've generally come to learn about the aurora borealis is because this actually happens on both the north and south poles. Uh-huh. It's uh, solar wind coming off of the sun, traveling to Earth, inter- interacting with the atmosphere. And as it's interacting with the atmosphere and these atoms are colliding and such, um, it's traveling along the the lines of the magnetic fields, essentially. And I am no scientist, so I don't fully understand how all of it works. So basically, in layman terms, uh, some special wind is making shiny stuff in the sky. Yeah, yep. special Stardust. wind. Stardust. Uh, and Stardust. so based on which atoms hit each other, that's what causes the colors to shift. And it's it's a very beautiful and fascinating thing. But... You can imagine a time before the internet. I know, right? What what boomers are we? 1996. Yeah, exactly. That's just when the public had it. I mean, you the know, 19, the, the, C- <laughs> the CIA's 1894. <laughs> they have their Model T hooked up to a supercomputer. <laughs> super it's like so you know how computer they'll, they'll be like so you know how computers used to take up three houses and now it only takes up one room, like one desk, or your pocket. Well, no, I was never mind. Okay. I have Anyways. a supercomputer in my pocket. Yeah, basically. Um, so my phone has six gigs of RAM. <laughs> so these people that uh, you know are are pre-internet and pre a lot of things, they look up in the sky and they see woo bright shiny lights. And like a lot of cultures that saw amazing, incredible things in the sky, they're like, ooh, what kind of spiritual godlike entity is causing this to happen? So there's actually different. There, so there's different tribes of these, like the the, the natives in Alaska. So there's there's different legends that originate about the Northern Lights. So the first one of the three that I'm going to be talking about is that the the Northern Lights are spirits seeking the souls, the wandering souls of the dead who have died out in the Alaskan forest and woods. I mean that makes sense, right? Yeah. So the the You're lights, like grandma. Well, the lights aren't the spirits, but rather they are the the lights of the torches that the spirits are carrying, and so they're Grandma? Sh- they're shifting as as the spirits move through the forest, okay. looking for the dead and the wandering. Real quick, why do spirits need torches? Dark, oh, dark out there. Okay, see, well, that's a good question, guys. Now let's take <laughs> dig a little deeper into that. Okay, they need they need torches because. They can't see the physical world. Oh. Think about that for a second. If oh. they need torches, it means they have to see something. The only thing they couldn't see would be the physical world. That's why we don't get more ghosts communicating with us every day. Because they don't have torches. Because they don't have they torches. Don't ha- so, what we get, guys, listen, this is what we need to do. Guys. guys, Get a bunch guys. of sticks, right? Bunch okay, sticks. guys. Wrap some, wrap some torn up t-shirts around them. Something like that. Light them on fire Give and them oil. stick them all around your yard. Yes. Let the ghosts find them. And if you see a bunch of torches just floating in your yard. Just know it's working. You have a poltergeist. The, spi- <laughs> <laughs> the spirits have come to you. They saw your torches. They saw your Christmas cookies left hey, out for Santa. My joke was supposed to be five seconds. <laughs> call me. Call them. But, but apparently it was funny enough that you guys thought it was funny. So cool. It call, was funny. You know, if you, if you have ghosts in your backyard, call me at one 800 
exorcism and I will hook you up. Who are you going to call? Oh. Ghost, Ghost CJ. CJ. <laughs> He's had his neck snapped in half twice. Twice. <laughs> by <laughs> by people that are now ghosts. He's basically an owl now. He can just turn his head like can all you, the way can around. You, in the video, just edit it. Go all <laughs> yes, I'm that kind of editor. That's perfect. Perfect. Now, um, so they believed that, okay, they believed that they, they're the, the, yep. Yes. Now, the, the second one is very similar to the first. Okay. They, this other tribe, I suppose, would be the best way to put it, uh, believed that the spirits of the animals that they hunted were the Northern Lights. Primarily, for whatever reason, uh, there's, there's not a great deal of information, but primarily it's the beluga whales, the salmon, and the seals that are embodied in the Northern Lights. So perhaps okay. the, 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 the swimming motion of the lights swimming motion kind of, of translates to swimming sea creatures. That seems like a whale of a good time. Uh, it seems like a salmon good time. <laughs> <laughs> what's, the, what's the other one? Uh, Let me just seal your mouth up there with some tape because uh, that was whaley bad. <laughs> Thanks, I hate myself now. <laughs> now, the third and final element of the Aurora Borealis that we'll cover is more of a general, general, generic, I don't know. It's a general overarching uh urban legend we should say right and it's that if you conceive a child while you are under the northern lights like while the what is the child a baby if if you conceive a baby like if you conceive if you i heard sex i heard if if you you can can see the baby (laughs) honey and i I see a baby are the northern lights that's why i was so confused it didn't make any sense Oh, no, that is just a bear. Okay, we should move because that's a bear. If you conceive a child yes. if you conceive under the northern lights, what happens, Sam? The child will have great fortune in their life. Now, will they be a wizard? They will be a wizard of the northern lights. Wow. Wizard. Alaskan wizards this this week on the cable network. <laughs> that sounds like a really horrible BBC. <laughs> no, 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 no. Alaskan <laughs> wizards here on History Channel. <laughs> Aliens. Ancient alien Alaskan Wizards. History Channel. It used to be history, but now it's like, hey, so, no, wait, that's TLC, or TLC, my 600-pound so life. <laughs> oh. Uh, uh, Anyways. <laughs> yeah, so the only thing is that kind of uh, breaks this apart is that there's been absolutely millions upon millions of babies conceived in Alaska under the Northern Lights, and presumably they all have about average They're luck. They're not all Zuckerbergs? I no. Don't, I don't think, like, Alaska has- Alaska has its own Facebook? <laughs> Alaska book. Alaska book. No, no, a book. A book. A book. A book dot hey, org. do you have a book? <laughs> I a book dot org. I don't think that um, Alaska has any higher winnings in the Powerball than anybody else. So do they even have Powerball? That's a question. Well, yeah, it's Actually, in the United do. States. They gotta make money somehow. Oh, that, yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah, there's idiots everywhere. So there's really no evidence to suggest that there's any fact to that. But you know, there. I'm sure. Just the same way that people believe that, you know, you break a mirror and you've got seven years bad luck or you spill salt, whatever. Have a baby under the northern lights. Old wives' tale. They'll win the Powerball. They'll win. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. Every time. All of them. But there's so many of them that they win a dollar apiece. That's the downside. That's the downside. All the millions of them. So we're going to go We're gonna go into a little bit more of the lost treasure side of the story, which Ooh. is usually my favorite. Something that you probably can picture more California, but it actually happened more significantly in Alaska was the gold rush. 
Ooh, yeah. the gold rush. Really? Yeah, there's a lot yeah. more gold up there. I mean, gold was everywhere. Like the whole the whole thing was like go to California. But in- I assume I assume you know that supposedly all of if we've put all of the gold that we have discovered, it would only fill an Olympic sized swimming pool. Supposedly, that's interesting. Actually. Yeah, that's a I don't know. I've never fact checked that, but that that's something I heard. I mean, but to be fair, an Olympic sized pool is massive, and most gold is usually found in flakes or in very small nugget form. It's not and supposedly just- you can drink it. I believe that. In different gold we have we actually have uh, portions, pieces of gold in our bloodstream. Yep. Just naturally, so like something like if you were like, if you yeah, were like like straining like people, start <laughs> straining people. Like each person would be worth like eight hundred bucks. Nice. Yeah. That'd be really a. You actually like your kidneys are worth. Way you actually more than no like like just like just like the tangible like elements of oh, the okay. of the body. Not yeah. the, not that stuff. I mean, but like like you'd lose your you'd lose money in trying to refine it from a human. You body. would. You so would. That's maybe it's not worth it. It's not worth it. You see, not killers. if your name is Alaska Wizard Smith. <laughs> then they can just draw the gold out of nothing. <laughs> they can use alchemy. They can turn coal into gold. Okay, spooky. <laughs> so the uh, the interesting thing with this is, you know, back in those days, back in those days, and I, I guess I should fr- like frame this. This is roughly around the winter of 1896 to 97. Uh, that's when the major Alaskan gold rush occurs. But because of, you know, communication at that time, really, they didn't hear about it until June 15th of 1897. Okay. So basically summer. Yeah. It's like you, this all happens in the winter, and then it takes that many months for someone to finally either buy uh, – horse and buggy or by ship usually by ship to come down the coast to california and go hey up north we found some gold you guys want to come and then everyone's just like boom we're gonna go to alaska now now on july 17th there's a fellow by the name that really only traveled down to us through the history books known as frank um okay i know it's it's a bit generic but i'm sure that with there's probably some resource out there that would give a better name but this is just what i came across frank charles yeah frank charles he's from welsh hill pennsylvania and which it's a very far distance from Pennsylvania. Yeah, it's, to it's, a, it's a good it's a day. It's a good day. It's a good day good trip. Day trip. Yeah, a good on day foot, trip. On foot, you know. It's, oh, so like I said. No, but no, he's probably taking a train. I, oh, okay. just, I was just following along with the day joke. Trip. You know? But he's, so he's probably like the only person on that far reaching of, you know, the East Coast, basically, who travels all the way to Alaska with this news of gold that came down after the winter came the word gold, you know, sparks this young man to motivation, essentially, and he, he buys what he needs. He goes up to the Yukon and uh, strikes a claim uh, along the Yukon River. And, you know, there's not much word from him. It's like, oh, where'd he go? He comes back with about a dozen or so uh, fruit jars okay, of full of gold, gold oh. nuggets, gold dust, you know, the gold that you, you want. And oddly enough, he wasn't a, a stingy or selfish man. So he actually goes around and he starts sharing this gold with family and friends just as a, as a means of charity, you know, to be kind to the people that he loves. Most, not most, but a lot of them, you know, the, the people that came back from the gold rush were hoarding gold and became very different people with, with uh, I think there money was, changes a lot of people. There was a term for it, I think at the time where they called it like gold fever or something where people would actually become, <clears throat> precious. people would actually become, Kind of jerks because of treasure that they found. Um, so he enjoyed his time, and he he said that there was more where where that came from. This was just a sample, according to him. Oh, wow! 
Yeah. So 12 mason oh, jars. Wow. Or I guess fruit jars. So probably like a mason jar, you know, like that. Well, if you're watching on this on YouTube, it's about like that. Probably like eh, a lot of gold. Eight ounces. Yeah. Like yeah. Yeah. And eight that's ounces a, of gold. Eight ounces of gold that's back a good then claim. and now is, is quite a, a bit. Lot that's of a, money that's a good claim. So he goes back out there on a second expedition to claim more, um, but there's no contact from him. Oh, no. Yeah. Like no contact from him. Going dark. Yeah. Bravo 6 going dark. Uh, so he gets, or eventually, rather, his sister gets a letter from some strange trapper that says, Hey, I found your, your brother. He is dead from sickness. The end. Like, that's. And that would, that would be pretty and, sad, but it's not unusual back in the is it 1800s. Sure, it's yeah, this is like the, the almost the turn of the century, so it's getting close to the 1900s. 80, 1890. Uh, well, this happened in 1897, so it's right about the turn of the century. Um, but still, it sounds kind of suspicious. Like, no word whoopsie before doopsie. that. Whoopsie doopsie, your brother dead. See, um, and she knew him to be a very <laughs> hardy man. Um, yeah, he was well versed in how to survive in the outdoors that kind of thing so what she does is she scrounges around the last little bit of gold that was given to her by her brother and funds a trip out there to go see him or to go rather to his claim and see what she can discover so she finds his his cabin and his body as well four months still, four months it's dead still in there four months dead just laying on the bed dead and because of the cold it's Perfectly preserved, essentially. Just laying there. It's a little more to find to see your your yeah. dead brother. Yeah, and and nothing was out of the ordinary in the sense of this his trapper is terrible. Yeah, apparently, his body just being there, you know, looks like a normal death. You know, maybe by sickness for all she knows, because he's in his bed, whatever. But the house is kind of turned over. Hmm. Got some cupboards open. It's got floorboards that are kind of pried up. Things like that. She actually has the body. Uh, investigated by a doctor, a local doctor, and then embalmed and shipped back home so that she could, you know, perform last brother. rites and everything. Um, so, as legend has it, the the rest of that man's gold, whether he got it all from the claim or not, there could still be some in the river claim that he had, but he hid all of it in more fruit jars. So, according to her, he would not be so foolish as to hide it in a cupboard or under a bed. Yeah. Or in the floorboards. Because he's not dumb. Right. So the legend essentially just goes that this man died with a claim that was very, very wealthy in gold and left undiscovered. Whether it's still in the river or whether it's buried somewhere in fruit jars, as far as she knows and as far as he knows, the gold is still in his cabin somewhere or on his claim. Because in Alaska, Look for you know gold. exactly yeah. where this cabin is. You got an address. Drill down and find uh, oil. It's it's probably seven zero four Klondike Road. Uh, Ooh, <laughs> what would you do for a Klondike Gold? <laughs> I hated that. <laughs> <clears throat> but essentially, yeah. But and really, though, that whole thing, like there was no one in his close group of friends that believed that he died of sickness. They knew no. him to be a hardy folk, and it was all of them together that thought. He's going to hide it in the fr same fruit jars that he brought back with him, and he's going to be very smart about where he puts it. Because at the time, it was very common for prospectors to be killed for the gold that they found. Well, yeah. It just, that's how it was. People get killed for money all the time. Yeah. Right. So, 
What gets even better is our next story because we're going to talk about Mad Trapper Johnson. Ooh. Mad Trapper Johnson. Different Trapper than the Trapper Johnson. that found this last guy. Different, different. Trapper McJohnson. This is more north in Alaska. So this, this actually occurs between what is known as the Yukon, which is the Canadian, and uh, I guess, like, I think they call it like the Klondike. It's like the northern part of Alaska where it's really cold, really bad. So Mad Trapper Johnson is actually known for going around and killing the prospectors for their gold, like we were just talking about. He takes their gold and leaves them in the snow. And he comes rich without having to do any of the work. He just shows up, hey, look at that. You found some gold there. That's nice. Wow, look, I found some gold. <laughs> wow, look at this. Profit off of my job that yes, I did. Yes, I'm a very good prospector. It's like it's like the Cards Against Humanity card, which is find trapper or find yeah. <laughs> find prospector, kill prospector, profit. Exactly. <laughs> um, so he also was known for stealing Indian trap lines. So you know, to explain that a little bit better, just with like even American settlers, they would go and they would set up like a, a along a creek where the beavers were very popular or something like that. And they would set up numerous traps. Well, this guy knew where the Indians were actually setting up their lines of traps. And then he'd go along before they got to him and go, Oh look, I caught a beaver. Oh look, I caught another beaver. I this am guy the just sounds like, he sounds like an entrepreneur from this time. This really, really, from this really day and age. Like, a really crappy. He's like, so guys, you got to grind all day. Yeah, bro. I drink Red Bull and I live with my parents. Yeah, I pay him rent. <laughs> I've got the AirPod Pros. What are you talking about? What are you about? talking about? Sorry. What? Sorry. What? I couldn't hear I couldn't you over hear my you over, Couldn't hear you over the core. I can't core. hear the broke. I can't oh, hear you over new, my, uh, there's my new beaver AirPod- skin flap hats, you know? It's, I have the gold version of the AirPods his, Pro. So I had the, I had the old earmuffs. AirPods, sold them for 200 bucks, bought the new AirPods Pro. His old ear, his his uh, his hat for like, you know, ear warmth is just two beaver tails just hanging down on either side of his head. He's like, hey guys, I'm Mad Trapper Johnson. Hey, Trapper hey Johnson. Hi. Uh, He's a YouTuber. Hey guys. Hey guys, guys I'm Mad Trapper, Trapper Johnson. Johnson. With another gold <laughs> hunting episode. Today we're killing there's three a, new prospectors. No, no, no. He's just showing his gold and his wealth. He's flexing, and then there's just a dead prospector in the back. <laughs> yeah, that's the title. Yeah. He Jake We Pauls. found gold. He Jake. He Logan Pauls his way. He, lo- he Logan Pauls his way into gold, basically. Anyways. So in 1932, Mad okay. Trapper Johnson is actually shot dead by a Canadian Mountie. Mm. Because previously, he Sorry. shot and killed... A Canadian police, like Mountie police. Um, So there's a warrant for this guy. Yeah. He was actually, again, he was known for going between the two sides of the American state of Alaska and Canadian. um, And he was killed on the Canadian side. However, none of his treasure was ever found. And presumably with all of his murdering, he had at least a significant cache of gold. Maybe it was all made up in his head. Because his name's Mad. 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 Mad Trapper Johnson. They, I can just see the Mountie here just like. Or he's legit <laughs> mad he's all just the like, time. Sorry, mate. <laughs> sorry. Uh, yes, uh, that's that's how sorry. Canadians talk. Sorry. 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 Yeah. So so the, the Mountie's killed Mad Trapper Johnson. And he is dead. Yeah, he's, are you sure he's yeah, we you back sure in time he's dead? I mean, he's this. probably dead by now, whether or not he whether died. Whether or not he died. He's just hanging out with no, Hitler and all of Jeffrey his- Epstein down <laughs> in Argentina. He took all of his gold and invested really well. He in, took all of his gold and uh, and invested in Apple. So Mad Trapper Johnson, right? He's dead. Yeah, now, and his treasure was never never found. found. Never found. So I'm feeling I'm feeling 
a trip coming up. Right. Yeah. Up to yeah, Canada. Up to Canada. Well, and if, if we close our eyes the entire time, we will have technically never left the United States. <laughs> well, <laughs> actually, ima- yeah. imagine this, though. There's actually a number of, yeah, imagine this. There's a number of shipwrecks along the Alaskan coast Very that bad. contain gold. The Ooh. Titanic? Yeah. Sweet. So there's a, there's a location along the coast. What kind of coast. ships? Are we talking pirates or what? This would be freighters. Freighters, steam freighters. Um, typically, well, again, it was much better to transport the golden stuff from north down south to California or Oregon via ship. And so there is a very high chance of there being a ship along by the Kodiak Island um, or the island known as Kodiak. I don't know. Is that where a bunch of cameras were shipped? Yes. Wait, that's Kodak. Kodak. That's Kodak. Kodak Island. Now, it's just a bunch of film. <laughs> Sam's Paradise. <laughs> and it would be frozen, so extra good because that would keep the film mint. Yes. Freaking nerd. So... The estimated the estimated value of this ship's cargo was between eight and twenty four million dollars in gold. Wow! So this all takes place right about the turn of the century. Okay. At least the the shipwreck takes place. Though. So it's probably worth a lot more money. Absolutely. Um. So the ship was called the Aleutian, and it was loaded with gold from the mining regions of Nome and Fairbanks, Alaska. Now it Nome? went Nome. Nome. It's actually spelled N O M E, not G. Like, oh, not wish. gnome, but gnome. Gnome. It's spelled K-N-O-M-E. Gnome. Gnome. <laughs> like a knife. Or a canet. Wait. So it's traveling down with a shipment of gold, and it gets hit by a storm, which pushes it off by about 100 miles from its course. And there were survivors. So the survivors reported hearing that the ship, there was a sudden like grinding noise as the ship strikes a, a rock, basically. Runs aground. They hit Drained Rock Johnson? <laughs> what? What? I knew he was alive for he's that just, long. He's just swimming out there. Burn his whole ship. It sank apparently within eight minutes. Okay. Then. And there was only a handful of survival. Sur- well, boats and planes are of magic, survivors. anyways. Yeah. Um, no, the ocean's not even real. <clears throat> so when these survivors eventually did reach safety <laughs> and you know lived to tell their story, they told of this massive si- shipment of gold that was on the yeah. ship that goes down, and. There's really nothing they can do. I mean, at that time, there was no technology to rescue a boat of that size in waters that would be that cold. No. So it took many years when eventually a a pilot actually is flying over the area, and he accidentally spots at low tide a ship off the coast of the Kodiak Island, and it's just it's sitting there. It's you know on a rock basically. It's sitting there out in the open at low tide with like the masts uh, through the the banks. Not sure. Okay, going back. Pilot. The pilot spots it. I think he mainly sees like the masts coming out of the water by this massive rock, and there's actually been other locals that have reported seeing masts. Look at tree. Yeah, look at those trees coming out of the water. That's interesting. And he's familiar with the legend, so he actually goes back and starts to like get people interested to say like, "Hey, I know where this is. We're gonna go. We're gonna go get that gold." Go, we'll go at low tide. We'll go to Kodiak Island. It'll be great. Problem is, he doesn't tell anybody where exactly he spots oh, no. this. And then he dies. For he some dies reason. in a plane accident <laughs> shortly after <laughs> Only that. Only a good pilot. Yeah, apparently not a very good <laughs> Great pilot. Although planes back then. <laughs> I mean, it was Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> to be fair, though, planes at that time were pretty terrible. So, like. Planes. 
you know, I mean, this yeah. is this is after the accident, so turn of the century, move that forward even ten years, and still planes are pretty crap. Like biplanes is what you're talking about. That so barely so, stay in the air. So let's uh, this would be like the 30s probably. I would guess. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, you've got biplanes. Biplanes. Very short, small engines, not built to fly very far. Not built for durability, certainly. It's Definitely like, not built to fly in the negative 190 degrees of Alaska. Well, hopefully he was flying in summer because that's an open cockpit. And he'd just be like, my controls are frozen and so am I. We're going down. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <sighs> so uh, the gold's still out there. Nobody's found it yet. Basically. And oddly enough, there's uh, there's more ships out there, including ships that are located near that ship. So if you went out looking for the, what was the name of that? The Aleutian. The Aleutian. You might actually find something else. And most of the ships that went down, the larger ships, were all significant gold-bearing vessels. So there's actually, so one of the many ships that you might find out there, uh, just really quick, we're going to breeze through two ships that you might find while looking for the Aleutia. One is the Sloop the Servia, um, it's also sloop is Servia. The sloop, sloop Servia. Well, sloop is the type of boat, oh. and then Servia is the name. Sounds like a song title. The Sloop of Servia. Sloop Servia. Sloop Servia. I, I hate everything that just happened. <laughs> so one of them. I'm just gonna save you the time. I love you, CJ. You're my favorite. You can't say anything around me, or I just take it so far. Yeah, <laughs> good. So one of, so one of them would be the sloop, name. So one of them was a slooped. One of them was a poop. <laughs> okay, I'm good. I'm good. So one of them was a sloop uh, named the Servia, which sank off of Kodiak Island in 1905, which is a little bit later than the Aleutia. It was carrying a smaller load of about thirty-five thousand dollars in gold, which still would be worth. It's like I mean, it's only like probably close to a hundred million. Only like all of the money that I've ever seen in my entire life doubled. It'd still be like a hundred million dollars in like modern U.S. money. Um, the other was a schooner named the St. George, which sank in 1878 with around fifteen thousand in gold, uh, which would still be that'd be a, that's that's good. That'd be nice. I would put a down payment on a house with that. That wraps up the treasure portion of this, and we're gonna close it off with one final legend. All right. This is the legend of the Tornet. What is a Tornet? The is Tornet? It a turtle Hornet? Yeah, this is, well, no. Um, <laughs> it's, a, it's a Ford. It's a, oh, no. It's a Tornet. <laughs> oh, no. It's a Tornet. Tornet. It's is actually it a tornado. tornado. It's a tornado a full of Hornets. Basically, it's the, it's an, I don't know, an adaptation of the Bigfoot legend. Ooh. Kind of. Okay. There's a lot of Bigfoot stories in the Alaskan wilderness, you know, just with any of the states where there's a significant amount of woods. Everyone sees. The Mothman, the Sasquatch, the dire wolves. There has been rumors, actually, of possibly dire wolves still existing in small packs in Alaska, which basically it's like wolves that are the size of bears. Um, people have been found like headless and stuff in the woods, Whoa. like eaten off, like their heads are eaten Whoa. off. Pretty scary. Whoa. But this is actually more the tale of what some claim is an oral tradition of giants living in Alaska. Well, according to a uh, bulletin by the American Museum of Natural History, the Alaskan Tornet are described in these quotations. In early times, the Tornet, a race of very large people, inhabited the country. They quarreled with the Eskimo because the latter intruded upon their land. 
This made the Tornit angry, who broke the ground with their lances and spears and split rocks into pieces. Whoa. End quote. Quote, it is believed that the Tornit and Lequan, both races of giants, inhabited the interior. End quote. Interesting. <coughs> there actually is more than just the Alaskan rumors or legends of giants. Ohio has some. I think several states do of these people groups that were just larger than normal. But the oral tradition of this actually goes back to supposedly when there was the uh, the ice bridge across that, yeah, I forget what, across the Atlantic there. Atlantic to Russia. Right. Yeah. And that's where a lot of the people traveled across back during one of the ice ages, presumably. And there's supposedly an oral tradition that goes all the way back to when those people crossed over. They encountered the giants and initially were peaceful with them. They lived in separate villages. They would trade inter, like, intercommunatively. Yeah, I don't know. You say, like, Tornit sounds like a person or something. Like, yes, but it's probably derived from like an Eskimo word or an Inuit probably. word, something like that. So, it's anyways. Yeah, it's a it's whatever they're called. Um, so there, were, according to the oral tradition, there were peaceful terms for a time, and the people that actually came over from Europe actually brought with them the technology for boats, kayaks, things like that. And <laughs> saying the word technology. Technology. Right. right. At that time, it's they like, brought, like technically, over. technically fire is a technology. Technically, They yeah. brought boats. Ooh. <laughs> like, yeah. it's weird to think about and that. And rock work is technology. Right. At, at the time, it was an advancement. And so um, the uh, the Tornet people didn't know how to do boats. They didn't know how to use them <laughs> or make we them. We don't know how boat. Boat, no. How to boat. Boat, no good. Wiki how. Wiki how. How to boat. How to boat. Uh, me tornit. They have the internet, but they don't have boats. Right, right. Me it. Me no boat. How boat? How boat? You how boat. boat. What you boat? You boat? Oh, I don't know. They how boat. boat. He, uh, she, they boat. So the legend goes that an Eskimo boy loaned his small kayak to a Tornit boy, and he got frustrated with it or got kind of like scared while he was out in the water and ended up puncturing a hole through it with his spear or some something that he had with him. And the uh, the Eskimo boy was so mad at him for this that at night he slunk over to their village and killed the boy. Um, over a boat, okay. Over the boat. A hole and, in a boat. Yeah, and so essentially what that caused was a massive like feud between the colonies and they, they split up and it became a, an issue. And then what, what that did was cause the Tornet to actually retreat deep into the wilderness of Alaska. That's huge. But they were peaceful people. Peaceful. According, to, according to this version of the legend... According to others, they were terrifying and violent. Evil, evil people. Um, and of course, there's no depending evidence. on whether you watch Fox or seen it. Depending, mm, depending, yes. they're definitely libertarians. <laughs> <laughs> there's been no confirmation of this, but one final legend that was quite interesting, I thought, was that there supposedly was an instance where um, two children were actually captured by Eskimos from, or yes, captured. They were torn in children and a. Apparently, they were raised within the Eskimo community. The boy, one was a boy, one was a girl. The boy grew up to be an excellent spearman, and uh, eventually... Yeah, because he was taller than his dad when he was five. Yeah, exactly. And apparently, he disappeared. Hmm. So he went off into the woods uh, one day and just never came back. And the girl eventually married one of the Eskimos in the village and you know just was part of the community. But there's been no 
evidence to prove this one way or the other, but it is interesting. I always think that most states or a lot of states actually have these legends of giant people groups that yeah. lived in the land even prior to the Native Americans, even prior to like what you think of today as like the Native tribes. So that actually does wrap up the Alaskan myths and legends. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us on this podcast is Lava. Thank you so much, Sam, for the wonderful insights of myths and legends. You're welcome. And the different treasures. So if you're in Alaska, definitely go scuba diving in the in the frigid water. So be sure to check us out on Facebook and Instagram to see what's going on with the podcast. And also you can message us on Facebook, Instagram, or email us at thispodcastislava at gmail.com. You can listen to us on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and Podbean. And now you can watch us on YouTube, um, James Fox Podcast. If you want to look at our pretty faces while we talk about exactly. stuff. Yes. And see, just like see what we look like. What face is connected to that sexy voice? Right. They'll be uh, like, CJ, oh man, hot and single. Oh <laughs> man. Oh man. Okay. Uh, be sure to message us. Uh, give us, your, give us your, your deets. We have stickers and coasters now. So if you want to set your, your sweaty beverage on, on a wooden table, protect Pres- your table. Preserve your this. table finishes with our lovely, lovely logo. And if you want to put a horrible sticker on your car because you're a heathen, be sure. Or to your do laptop that. case, you know, laptop. Or, or if you want to be a rebel, just straight on the laptop. Just straight on the laptop. <laughs> just cover on your the screen. screen. Just cover Actually, your screen. Actually, from the screen. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us. Have a wonderful morning, noon, or night. Bye now. Hasta la vista. You get two extra pixels with the bezel. <laughs> just gets like half a pixel. <laughs>